Good morning, everyone. It's the 6th of April, and I'm joined today by Nathan Sweeney, Solomon Nevins, and Asim Kadri. Nathan, we're going to start with you on the US. The market performed more or less in line with the global average last week, but we had some quite dramatically bad unemployment data, didn't we? Yeah, so not to be unexpected, but if you look at the initial claims during the week, they did jump uh, substantially. So we had 3 million the week before. We came in at 6.6 million for the week, so quite a big jump signing on for unemployment. The market didn't really react to this because it was largely expected and the government has put in lots of policies to try and help people who are unemployed. A good reaction from the market. And numbers this week, similar sort of numbers, do you think, or increasingly bad? Yeah, so I think that's going to be a big focus for investors this week. How high does unemployment get? So if we look at the expectation on initial jobless claims this week, the market is expecting another 5 million. And I think importantly, what the market will want to focus on is what does this mean for growth in the US? And there's an expectation that a 1% hit to GDP equates to 1 million people unemployed. And what does that indicate for a recovery from this for the US, do you think? Yeah, I think from a recovery perspective, everything will hinge on how long we have people unemployed for. So the longer it persists, obviously, the weaker economic growth will be for an extended period of time. So I think the key focus will be how quick can people get back to work? And therefore, that should equal a quicker recovery in GDP growth. Asim, if we look at developments in China, they could be quite instructive for us here because obviously they went into this before anyone else. How are things developing there in terms of data? Yes, that's right, Lorna. So as China were the first country to experience and I guess deal with the effects of the COVID-19 outbreak, uh, they've also been the first to see a recovery in economic activity. So PMI figures for March were released uh, last week. And what we saw was uh, the manufacturing PMI rebound to 52.0 after falling to a record low of 35.7 in Feb. And we also saw non-manufacturing PMI, which covers services and construction, come in at 52.3 after being a record low of 29.6 in February. So all in all, these are you know, positive figures that reflect the improvement in activity. But I think it's really important to know that the way these PMI questionnaires are structured mean these figures reflect the improvement in March compared with February, as opposed to suggesting strong activity in absolute terms. Thank you for that. But in terms of the difficulties the rest of the world are facing, can we see this now in export data from China? Yeah, exactly. So a lot of the export oriented industries are still struggling, you know, amid the kind of fair bit of external demand uncertainty that you've mentioned, you know, that's really arisen due to expectations of a global recession. You know, I think that's really important to take into account. So, you know, as all in all, it means that the recovery definitely won't be as strong as initially anticipated from China. Yes, Nathan, if we look at these shape of the recovery, for example, in the US, what sort of shaped recovery are we looking for here? Yeah, so a lot of people have been speaking about this and wondering what the recovery will look like. Will we see a V-shaped recovery where economic data drops off significantly and then recovers quite quickly? Will it be U-shaped, a little bit more extended in terms of that period at the bottom? Or will it look different? So a lot of the economic participants are coming around to the expectation that it'll take a little bit longer for economic activity to recover. And this is because of the sequential nature of lockdowns starting with Asia, moving to Europe, moving to the US, which just means that all of those economies will come back on stream at different times. And therefore, 
they won't get back to full economic activity until the whole globe is back moving in the same direction. So it means that the recovery in terms of an upward slant will be lower and longer to get to the peak recovery in terms of uh, GDP growth or economic activity growth. So really from a shape perspective, it almost looks like a Nike swish almost. Uh, So there's no real kind of letter in the alphabet that covers it, but it should take a little bit longer than people expect. Okay, we'll bear that shape in mind. So we had another very dramatic week on the oil markets. Coming into the start of last week, oil was down 65% year to date. But During the course of the week, Trump announced that he was brokering a deal between the Saudis and Russians to try and get them to reduce production following this oil surge. So the expectation is that Russia and Saudi and other OPEC members to meet today to agree production cuts expected to be in the region of 10 million barrels per day. Now, that hasn't happened and the meeting has been pushed out till Thursday. But there's a lot of optimism that the group can agree much larger production cuts than were initially expected at OPEC's meeting a few weeks back, which caused this whole fall in the first place. So at that meeting, OPEC was expected to agree cuts of 1.5 million barrels per day. So clearly a huge multiple of that being priced into expectations for cuts this week. Now, Russia's motivations for not agreeing production cuts previously seem to be around trying to squeeze production coming out of the US. And that is starting to work. So last week, um, Baker Hughes announced that 62 rigs in the US were closed, which is the biggest drop in five years. So whilst there's no formal expectation that US companies will support production cuts, the lower price environment and higher production that we've seen um, in the past few weeks has had that effect indirectly. Now, the chances of oil returning to the highs of this year still remain low, given the fact that there's been such a large impact on the demand side. So coronavirus having a huge impact on industrial activity, transportation, and the aviation industry in particular. Um, So we expect this lower price environment to persist. Yes, so that demand shock would persist. Now, the gold market has been also quite interesting. I wonder if you could say a few words about gold, particularly in the context of government bond markets and what we've seen in the last week. Yeah, so government bonds had quite a good week last week, delivering classic risk-off hedge characteristic um, that you'd expect when equities were a little bit weaker. And this kind of reflects a return to normality. During March, when we had the very heavy sell-off in equity markets, there were periods where government bonds weren't offering that protection you'd expect and were selling off um, in tandem. Now, last week looked more normal, and we've certainly seen the selling pressure in the bond market abate. However, gold um, hasn't performed in a risk-off way. So last year, gold was actually down on the week. It was down half a percent. Now, the stronger dollar may have been a factor into that, but also speculative positioning in gold futures has been very elevated, and that has been falling steadily over recent weeks and is now getting back to its lowest level in nine months, which does then create the backdrop for gold to potentially start performing in a more of a risk-off way, but we're not seeing it just yet. Interesting. So we'll watch that development, as with all others, with interest. Anything interesting coming up in this week before Easter, Nathan? The market is going to be focusing on a number of things this week. Obviously, the spread of cases of COVID-19. Is there going to be an acceleration? Is there going to be a slowdown? That will obviously be a key focus. Secondly, uh, the market will focus on economic data that's coming out. So if we look towards this week, 
The key focus is obviously going to be unemployment data in the States and the expected hit that that will potentially have on GDP as we move forward. And we also get the minutes from the Fed. So it would be good for the market to get an understanding of how the Fed is viewing all of this. And, you know, do they feel that more support is warranted, etc. Thank you all very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks.